Hello, and welcome back to the American Youth Podcast. My name is Dustin Oliver. Uh, this is a podcast where we're exploring the many facets of the human experience um, and kind of taking those individuals that we see every day and putting uh, their story to it. So it's not just a face we pass by. Um, and so this week I'm talking to a friend of mine who is kind of in an avenue that has always interested me, but I think myself, I'm going to be honest, myself and other people that I know have been a little intimidated to kind of jump into it. Um, she uh, is a mixed martial artist. Um, she fights Taekwondo, Brazilian Jiu Jitsu, um, and all throughout kind of her childhood, uh, she fought competitively and fought in tournaments, repu represented the U.S. in a national team, um, and she has a couple of gold medals. Um, so it's the, I think it's safe to say you don't want to mess with her. Um, I know I don't at least. Um, but, um, but yeah, so I, I met her a while ago, um, and she would talk about – I would kind of pick her brain a lot about um, – you know, like, wh what do you mean you fight perfect? What do you mean you fight competitively? Like, what does that look like? You know, all this stuff. Because I think a lot of us have a, uh, this perception that, like, people who fight, like, competitively, um, it's just like a, you know, UFC, um, which I think there's a lot of truth to that. But there's a lot of, like, tournaments and individual, like, matches where um, people do this stuff like regularly you know like and this is something that they really really have a passion for and i think it's fascinating i've even been looking into like a lot of different like studios around atlanta because i'm like you know how fun would it be to go in there and just like punch or do whatever you know for a while like get rid of some like stress or whatever especially during like covid season um the covid pandemic that we're experiencing right now like i think it'd be really good to get out some of like that aggression and that frustration that a lot of us have kind of built up um but yeah, so Kylie is awesome. Um, she, we're gonna fully introduce her and talk to her like in just a second. But um, I just wanted to shout out the place where she was trained at really quick because um, we'll go into her story and we'll talk about kind of how she got into fighting and what was it that interested about her. Um, some of her competitions. I ask her the question. I'm like, have you seen? Have you know what was it like finding someone that you were just like, oh shit, like this girl is like scary. Um, and kind of like her experience with it and what she does to get in her headspace, you know, to, to get ready to really like fight someone competitively. Um, but I, I want to shout this out here. Um, this is um, The Brick is a studio in St. Simons Island that her father runs, which is how she got into it. We'll talk about that. Um, but their website is thebrickssi.com. So I think if you're ever in St. Simons Island, Georgia or in that area or want to check out the website or maybe see kind of what we're talking about um the brick ssi.com is kind of their website which is where she was like personally trained and of course there's like other studios and um I even uh before I interviewed her I even looked up on YouTube like some of the competitions to see what they look like like you know to see um kind of what it looked like to fight for to watch people fight in a tournament um competitively and so it's really, really cool. It's really interesting. It's a topic that I've like, I've myself gotten really into. Um, but yeah, I think this is going to be interesting for people, especially if they've never considered, you know, like physically fighting as like a, an art or like a, a true sport, because I think it's really, really fascinating. I think it's really, really incredible, like what people can do with their bodies and like what they're able to do physically. Um, so with that, I'm going to shut up. And I'm going to play the interview. This is my interview with um, Kylie this week on American Youth.
it's really really good to see you i haven't seen you um in probably like a year yeah i think it was may of 2019 yeah Yeah. and i was like i kept asking you i was like hey do you want to come on the podcast do you want to come on the podcast and then we like were planned for i thought it was a joke at first to be honest it is a joke (laughs) (laughs) it's my life so i wasn't wrong no no you weren't wrong no um but no i remember we were uh we used to we were you so we used to work together and then you um talked about like i think you made a joke one day about fighting or something and i remember thinking like i don't understand and then it turns out you were actually like are like you did fight a lot um but not like street fighting like hey bitch like you know but not yet not yet but like (laughs) we'll get there but um but so actually like you're like into martial arts and stuff and you're a black belt um so i'm just like i'm completely fascinated by like this whole thing i think that like whenever ronda rousey came up you know because i think this is just my opinion um and i'm talking a lot right now but i promise you i'll shut up and let you talk um (laughs) but um so i remember when ronda rousey came out um she kind of like changed ufc for women like it was kind of like um no one really paid it paid much attention to the women and then Ronda Rousey came out and was just winning and winning and winning and winning and winning and then she became this huge star and everyone like wanted to watch her and then I think it kind of changed like UFC like for it's like women are like officially people are like they can be like the title fight you know like um yeah, also the pay-per-view big bucks yeah like paper like like when before it was just men you know like it's like to see two women was like not a thing and then I think yeah Ronda Rousey came around and just kind of changed that um, and people got really interested in it because she was a badass and people like to see that. Um, and so I'm just wondering, like, is that is that in the same, like, is that relative to, like, kind of what you did? Or am I just, like... So UFC is MMA, which is mixed martial arts. So mm-hmm. it is exactly what it sounds like, several different types. So one UFC fighter might have a six-discipline background um, of very traditional sports like taekwondo but also um more fluid grappling like jujitsu so it's um but yeah like there are like kickboxing is kind of based off of taekwondo and a lot of ufc fighters do a lot of kickboxing so Mm -hmm. there is parts of what i train in that i would be able to for instance point out on the tv and be like that is something that i've learned yeah you know, a technique that i do so do you watch ufc i actually don't yeah. um i've never gotten into it to be honest it's a lot of the injuries um i just don't like to watch it yeah yeah so so let's like kind of tarantino and let's go back to like you so what got you really interested in like fighting were you were you just like a kid that like liked to fight or like was it like the actual i see i sound so ignorant someone's someone's listening to this and they're like they understand that like it's an art and like all this stuff and they're like this guy's an asshole but i'm listening to you okay, and okay. i don't think that I've- <laughs> okay um so what got you into like kind of like like martial arts and like um so i actually didn't get myself into it it okay. was all my dad okay um so he picked up martial arts when he was 12 um in my hometown um and he did it with his grandfather and got his black belt when he, when he was 16. Just something that he did as a hobby. He was very good at it, however. Mm-hmm. Um, he was winning money, a lot of money. Um, but it was just a random blip in his life. Well, 27 years later, he's gone through, I think, like three different careers. He was a golf pro at the time. Oh, really? Yeah, never saw him. And then I think he realized that one day was like, 
I want to open a karate school. I don't know to this day where it came from or why, um, but he started training again because, you know, it, it's it's like riding a bike, but it, it does take some practice. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah, so we opened a martial arts school when I was 10. And at that point, I was playing soccer big time. Like, that's what I wanted to do. Mm-hmm. Um, I also didn't get myself into that either. My friend <laughs> convinced me. Um, and then, yeah, I, I had to give that up and do karate. And at first, oh, I was not happy about it. But um, but you liked it. So, yeah. so what... Um, so when you first got into it, you're like, I don't really know about this. Yeah, well, it's it's um, it's something that, and this kind of goes in hand in hand with you know UFC and just martial arts in general. It's underrepresented, and then when it is represented, um, you know, fighting is a very intense thing. So a lot of times it's dramatized. So it it it's always weird for anyone to get into martial arts because the movements and the way that that you're training your muscles is really weird. Like there's a stance, which is, you know, a way to position your legs where you spread them wide and bend them into like a box shape. And it feels weird and uncomfortable. And you're like, if someone looks at me right now, I'm going to cry. Like Mm -hmm. it's, you just, you're putting your body in weird, um, weird positions. So everyone goes through when they, for, and you yell. You yell a lot. That's like at, weird. at the person you're fighting. Well, there's multiple scenarios in which you would, but it's not like a it's not a scream, but it's more of like a from the diaphragm powerful noise. Is it kind of like um, there was that video of like Jason Momoa? Do you know what I'm talking about? And I know were, who he is. They by. were doing like the like this like Hawaiian dance, and they were like it was very like vocal. That you know, it's funny you mention that because I would say that that is probably the most similar noise outside of actual martial arts is those noise they make when they're doing those dances. So it's interesting because ever since like coronavirus hit, the the fights are still going on, but the stadiums are empty. So um, uh, a friend of mine who you probably know, Lauren. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So a friend um, of mine, um, he watches it and he was just talking about how weird it is now that like you can literally hear everything. Like, you know, now that the, the stadium's not there, you can hear these people like, yelling and you can hear the like hits and you can hear it and it's really intense really intense yeah um because you can actually like hear what's going on you know it's like it's kind of like a little like behind the scenes thing but like not really it's like this is just what's actually happening in front yeah. of you that you can't hear um so when you you got into it when you were 10 yeah so what was that like for you as like a 10 year old like and then you said it, i think you mentioned it took you like seven or eight years to get your black belt yeah i got it december of twenty. 20- 17 so just a little over seven years so what does it entail to get like a black belt like what does that mean um so um it's based off material um but it's a you know the older and more advanced you get it's also based off of it's equally mind and body i would say um so you start with for me personally i had a syllabus with items on it that I had to learn like you would when you start a college class. <laughs> mm-hmm. And um, so for each belt rank, I had a syllabus. And once I completed those, it was up to my instructor, who was my dad. Um, he just would watch us in class every day. And when he was like, you've learned and completed your syllabus, he would invite you to test. So it was up to you to learn the material, but also 
up to the instructor to deem, okay, well, yes, you know the techniques, but like, are you ready to be in the next division in tournament? Stuff like that. So it's, um, it's not super black and white, but yeah, um, for my, to get to my black belt, I probably went through eight or nine syllabi. Mm -hmm. Um, we have intermediate like stripes and stuff on belts. Um, Mm -hmm. but my journey per se on average is probably at least three or four years longer. Okay. Um, than your average practitioner. Yeah. Um, for a various reasons. So what does it mean to like have a black belt? It means you've just mastered kind of like all these different techniques and stuff. Yeah. I mean, it's really in when it comes down to it, when you're doing any, you know, you've mastered your body. Okay. You have complete control of your body in pretty much any circumstance. And I think that's really what in the physical realm, a black belt comes down to. So what is it? How does that help you today? Like, what is that like as far as like, when I think about having like physical control of like, or like, you know, control over my body, like, what does that mean on like a day-to-day basis? Like random you, stuff. Yeah. Um, like you catch a fly that's like flying behind. Not quite. You. I'm just kidding. I'm, I'm working on that one. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> um, you know, like, um, uh, my boyfriend, I said, <laughs> I stood on one leg and I said, try to push me down. Yeah. And he couldn't. <laughs> Really? You know, that's not a very practical thing, but it, it was a little party trick. Yeah, it happens. But, you know, on a day-to-day basis, it's mostly, I think, the thing that a lot of black belts gather is almost like a, your sixth sense. So your sixth sense is, is technically awareness of the position of your body in space. Yeah. Um, awareness of like things like how far is my reach um you know how long are my legs if I were to stick out my leg right now or take a step I could probably picture what it would feel like to make that movement before I could before I actually did it I could feel that just a very very specific awareness of what your personal body feels like when it's moving and you know stuff like anatomy and you know you learn bits and bits and pieces of just what the human body means as you go through and kind of like what you're capable of and stuff. yeah that's interesting it's like it's like being in touch with like yourself physically Mm um so that's really interesting i'm like thinking about it now i'm like should i do it am i too old to start no? no. Um, so what, does your dad still do this? Does your dad yeah, still have the gym? Yeah, he owns yeah. a school. Um, he, it, we've been open since October of 2010, so we're actually coming up very soon on our 10 years. 10 years, years yeah. yeah. Um, it's a family business, so he teaches classes and then um, does administrative work for the classes, like uniforms and such, and then um, my mom does the administrative work. On the other end, we also have um, summer camps kids after school adult group fitness but our primary our primary focuses are on um taekwondo tongnaquan um for kids and adults and also we do brazilian jiu-jitsu too now for okay. kids and adults so what so let's talk about kind of your fighting mm-hmm. um so when did you cause, okay this is just like my naive perspective is like okay 
So now that you've learned these skills, okay, this is me, right? This mm-hmm. is just the little immature me, right? I'm like, okay, I've learned all these skills. Now I'm going to go to a bar and be like, what's up? You know, like, so, which obviously that's not what it's about. Yeah. But like, so what is it, when it comes to actual fighting, is it purely athletic or is it, I don't know. I mean, cause I could, I find you kind of, in, you could be intimidating. You know, I think like, it's like, don't like, I wouldn't mess with you, you know? Well, it's 50, 50 body and mind, even when you're standing in front of an opponent always. Okay. So that might be a part of my game, you know? Oh, and intimidation? Well, just the way I carry myself. Yeah. You know, you're when you're gearing up for a fight at a tournament, you your opponent is somewhere. Yeah. They're wearing their belt, you know, there might be eight or nine girls, but if they all lined up next to each other before I even see anything that they would do, there's probably one that I would pick out that'd be like, I I don't want to fight you. Really? <laughs> oh yeah. So it's like, so it's like, it's like a, it's like a pure judgment call. That's like that one. I don't want to fight her. Yeah. Um, and that just comes from, you know, almost kind of being in the industry, but also there's like younger kids that I coach that, that feel that way. And you know, size, um, weight, but a lot of times it's really how there's just standing there. Yeah. Yeah. So wait, so you've competed in in a couple of tournaments. I've um, competed in and, probably close to a hundred tournaments. Yeah, and well, that's more than a couple. <laughs> I'm, I'm off. Um, and you've won, I think, seven gold medals. You mentioned. Yeah. So um, that's separate. So you were that girl in that situation. Well, it depends, you know, because it depends on what the other person's game is. So you know, I might give off a certain energy that's scary to someone because of the particular fight that they're going to be fighting. Maybe I give off an energy that's like, this is the person that might exploit my weakness. But for some other girl who has a different game, different strategy, I might not be intimidating. Okay. So So I'm trying to picture this because it's like, so you mentioned 50-50 mind and body. That's interesting because I think when you as a viewer are watching a fight, right? Like it's like, I think it's like you look at the stats, but in UFC, and I'm sorry to keep going by the UFC, but that's just the only one that I have. And Um, it's the most prominent way for people to have an insight into martial arts. So a lot of people are probably going to be in the mm -hmm. same position. So, so it's like you look at, they make sure that they're like matched up and it's fair. Like, okay, this, this weight class, all this stuff, height, all that. Um, And then it's purely, you know, I think like pretty infamously, right? Like Conor McGregor is the Mm -hmm. one who's like, he's just, I think his whole shpick has become like, Part of his game is like, I will fuck you up. Like, yeah. you know, and, he, and, and he's telling just, you. Yeah. And he's joking <laughs> about it and all this stuff. And I think for a while, like that was Ronda Rousey's thing too. I was a really big Ronda Rousey fan. Um, and that was because um, it was so cool to see like a woman come up and really dominate the industry. It's unfortunate, like kind of like what happened towards yeah. the end. But, you know, I think everybody, you know, for everyone, for every person that you are bigger and badder than, there's someone who's bigger and better yeah. than you, you know? Um, and so I, yeah, I, I liked her career. I really, really liked her career a lot, which I want to ask you a quick question. This is just for personal, mm-hmm. um, in just a second about her, but, um, but so, and I think her thing kind of became like, she was very like, she, she kind of held the same mentality of like, I will fuck you up, yeah. you know, like, um, when some of them are just kind of like, I see a little more lax, like, especially in the weigh-ins and stuff. Um, there's, there are a few characters in UFC that are just very like aggressive. And see, that might be just as equally for them as it is for their opponents. Because 
it's scary to fight. And I couldn't imagine being in the position where a quarter of a million dollars is on the line. Oh, so, yeah. you know, they say whatever you tell yourself will become true. So, like, that was my dad's strategy is I'm going to tell you not abrasively like Conor McGregor. Yeah. You know, we're in a very traditional martial arts environment. So it was always respectful. But it's like I'm going to tell myself that I'm going to fuck you up. Yeah. And then... I will convince myself that I will fuck you up. Um, but also it, it might other be for the other person. I think they're one of the hardest things in fighting is actually maintaining control because it's almost like that. Um, the economic curve, I can't remember what it's called, but it's like a horseshoe shape. Um, there's that, that prime point at the top of the horseshoe where you probably have a perfect amount of adrenaline and a perfect amount of calmness, that balance where when you go over that peak is when you lose control of your game. So like for Conor McGregor, this is just an assumption, you know, he might be like, well, if I can get these people so amped up and angry before the fight that the second they see me, their anger shoots through the roof, they might in turn lose control of their game because they're like, I hate this dude. He's talked so much shit and I want to beat him up. Yeah. And now I can't. So it's, it, it could be both ways, honestly. Yeah. So what, in your experience fighting, like how many, like tell me about like a, a situation where the girl, like the girl you were fighting is like, you were like, oh shit, like scared. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So I, I'm surprisingly, so like I'm five, five right now and mm -hmm. I, apparently your average American girl at five or your average American 18-year-old is like 5'2", 140. Okay. Okay. Um, where they get that fucking number from? I'm not sure. Okay. So, like, you know, I'm, I would be taller, but I would weigh less. Okay. So, I ended up being not, like, exponentially smaller than my opponents, but um, towards the smaller side. Probably yeah. in the middle, like, if, if you know five points to the left was very small and five points to the right was average. I'd probably be like a 3.5 or something okay. like that. Um, I was always scared of girls that were bigger than me always, but that, that partially came from, you know, what, like I said earlier, I don't like injury. Um, so always my main concern was I don't want to get injured. And, um, a lot of times, when you grow really fast in a certain point of time, you don't realize that you're that how big you are. So I would get in the ring with these girls who have, they've gained 40 pounds in the past two years and they still think they're 95 pounds, but in reality they're, you know, getting up at 120. They look, they don't have control of their body and I would get injured a lot. I mean, I did get injured a lot. Mm -hmm. um, so what, what is it? What is like when you say injured, what were like typical things that would happen? So it's not anything like UFC. So I, I do a, a sport fighting, um, which UFC is also a sport fighting, but mine is, is point-based. I do point fighting. So whoever scores the most amount of points in your match wins. So it's more based off of speed. You're not allowed to draw blood, and you're not allowed to break bones, and you're not allowed to knock anyone out. So if any of those three happens, you're disqualified. So that already rarely would happen in a fight so my injuries would consist of like I think one of the worst ones I had I got kicked in the face really hard and I snapped my head back and 
I didn't get whiplash, but I could feel it down the base of my spine and I had to, to back out of the fight. Yeah. Um, I would get like the breath knocked out of me or kicked in the groin a lot. That happens, and it hurts for girls. <laughs> yeah. It hurts. Um, it, there's still something there. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so those kinds of things, and I occasional, like, I think I get a bloody nose once, but it's scary. Yeah. Yeah. So you were just, I think, well, that's my thing, too, is I'm like, because right now I don't have health insurance, so I'm like, I can't do that yeah. right now. Um, well, it's different, hopefully, within your school, more controlled environment. Yeah. Um. And so, so when you go up to fight, so let's, let's go back just a second mm-hmm. about, t- tell me about like a girl that like really intimidated you. And then I want to hear the opposite, like a girl that you were like, I'm going to fuck this bitch up. Okay. Um, so like, what was that girl? Cause I think we all picture that, that, that girl being like this big, like scary, but in your case, it's like, you're pretty even, right? Like, like when you're fighting someone they're Um, when you're under black belt or sorry excuse me when you're under 18 no there's no weight class okay yeah so you're the same yeah like i mean i'm 20 so (laughs) out of my you're like i'm 20 so out of most of the fights yeah. yeah exactly so you are you are the same rank but within a division under black belt, you're probably having anywhere from two to three belt ranks. So like toughest, toughest division I ever fought in. I was in for, I think three years intermediate. So it's blue belt, green belt, purple belt. So you could have either just gotten out of your yellow belt, which is the first rank you achieve for a lot of schools, or you could almost be a brown belt. So okay. your competitors could fall anywhere in between those two criteria. There's a lot of discrepancy in skill at that point. Um, so, you know, and also belts mean different things for different schools. So anyways, you could have a lot of, of different skilled fighters. And then within that skill discrepancy, there's also the weight and height discrepancy. So like for me, it wasn't belt rank was never a thing that I was afraid of. Um, it was size, but also a thing in the tournament circuit is teams. So you have these teams who will recruit people. Um, so they're not school-based. They're not based in a certain location. So that you start getting recruited around that intermediate stage. So a lot of times, the people you'd be the most scared of are the people that come from these fighting teams. Okay. Um, there was also countries. So like Germany, they do a lot of kickboxing. And I was competing on an international circuit. The United States is a hub for sport karate. So anytime, the scariest girl I ever fought, to get back to your point, is she was, I think, probably only three or four inches taller than me and probably had like 30 pounds on me, which is a lot, but not too much. She was a German kickboxer and her legs, one of her legs was the size of both of my legs. Oh my gosh. So what is that like going into that? You're like, this bitch is about to wreck me. Kind of, but it's also like, for me, it was, I know that my, she's not going to outskill me. At this point, I'm mainly fighting the fight against myself. And that's a hard thing to come to terms with when you're standing there. It's like, I'm getting so amped up right now. And I know that she's probably not got better kicks. She's not got better punches. She's just scary. So really, I'm not fighting her. I'm fighting my own brain yeah. right now. Wow. Um, so 
But like, for instance, that girl, she ended up being probably on par with me in skills. So, and then she did have that weight. But in initial, but initially you're like, oh, this is scary. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I can't even imagine. That's kind of like, wow. Like when you're going, that's like, I'm, I'm like, why didn't I get into this when I was younger? Because this sounds like, like I was never really one for football, soccer, any of that stuff. But like, this sounds really interesting. Like it's like you're competing with yourself and, and like, it's an individual sport. There's no team. Yeah. So tell me, so tell me about the girl. So wait, who, who won that fight? She did. Yeah. So that was actually the fight that I got kicked in the head and oh, okay. had to walk okay. out. So one of those times where my, I almost like self prophesied. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so yeah, but she was up probably four or so points ahead of me. I, I would say that she probably would have ended up winning that match if I even if I didn't get injured. Not by a ton, which did make me feel better in the end. Yeah. I wasn't getting beat like seven to zero or something. Yeah. It was closer than that. But um so let's talk about the opposite end. Did you ever see a girl that you're going up to fight and you're like, come on man. Like this is who I'm fighting against? Yeah. Um so because it is such an individual sport and your 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 competitors are interchanging a lot at that age i don't think there's ever a time where i've necessarily even if i've seen them fight and even if i've seen them just embarrass themselves yeah with terrible kicks whatnot i'm never going to be like i guarantee i'm gonna beat this girl Mm -hmm. because there's just so many times where someone pulls something out of their ass and they just take take care of it and also that that's kind of something that's ingrained in you as a martial artist is like you don't you start up you start high you go into the match no matter who it is with i'm going to be at my the peak of my game and then if there's room you can always come down but you don't ever want to go in at a b or a c and then have to in the middle of the fight amp yourself up and get yourself up to an A. It's nearly impossible. So, you know, like, like for instance, there was, I think it was at the same tournament that this girl demolished my face, but (laughs) the year before. So Mm -hmm. I thought that I was going to beat this girl and I went in at a C probably and she beat me and I cried. I was so embarrassed because I knew I could have beat her. Um, but that's but probably you think the it was closest. that mindset of you going in of like yeah. oh we heard that like that like, that got you there yeah um, but I mean that like thinking about that girl now that's probably the closest to oh I'm I can take care of her that I've ever probably thought about yeah. someone I really now that I think about it don't ever think that so in essence of like what I'm fishing for is like not there it's like more of a it's more yeah. of a control over like yeah I guess like your standard deviation is probably like shifted up I'm you know the 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 worst girl you're not going to feel the way that you think that you would feel about her yeah um you're always going to assume someone is probably you know close to your level so I want to talk about these tournaments like so you go in and it's, it's a tournament of like so just a typical tournament, like none in particular. It's yeah. like you go in and is it kind of like a you arrive at like 8 a.m. or something and then it kind of lasts until like... Yeah, so, yeah. so um, there's a couple of different circuits, but as the years have gone by, like my dad competed in a, in a southeastern circuit 
And that's actually where a lot of the karate started. But as the years have gone on, it's become less regional and more national. So majority of your competitors, even right out of their first year of martial arts, are going to go into the primary circuit, which is um, NASCA, North American Sport Karate Association. Um, and they also partner up with ISCA, which is International Sport Karate Association. They kind of almost go hand in hand. Um, so most of the tournaments people are competing in are governed by this one governing body. Um, so you report normally at nine. Um, and they'll last. I mean, there's times where I've been there in an extreme sense till six at night. Um, okay, like 6 p.m.? Yeah. Okay. Um, we They try not for that not to happen, but it does a lot. Um, the largest tournament I go to is in Orlando. It's the biggest open, as an open to any style martial arts tournament in the world. Um, 50 countries a lot of times. About 30,000 competitors. Um, not They won't all be in the room. It's normally, they're all always in giant banquet halls um in hotels primarily um mm-hmm. like there's the one in atlanta it's actually been going on for i think over 50 years now it's called the battle of atlanta it's in um the Cobb galleria okay yeah it's um so it's that one's huge too um so you walk in to your room probably in the room at a time you at least have a thousand competitors in the room at one oh, time wow. and then their parents grandparents aunts uncles brothers sisters cats dogs the whole family like, literally yeah. um especially in these city hubs you know everyone everyone comes to see first off because they don't know anything about karate second off because well, I'm, th- cause I'm thinking too i'm like this sounds something interesting that i would honestly want to go and watch and hey like- it's september first through fourth i think I hope they have it. You think they'll have it? I'm almost positive it's going forth. So it's like $25 to get in as a spectator for the whole day. So you just go and you want Because I would just want to see like people. So, and then just one quick thing before I get into some of like, um, to some other stuff with yeah. your tournaments. But like, so when you're, when you're going, are, I'm, I'm guessing there's people in this community that are kind of like, okay, I've heard about like certain people garner certain reputations. Right? Yeah. So like. You've heard about like, oh, I've heard about this girl or that girl, yeah. or I've heard about this guy or whatever. But in your sense, it's like, you know, like girls and stuff. Like, have you ever had the experience of like fighting someone that you knew very well about? Um, yes. Um, yeah, go. I'm sorry. Yeah, just no, go ahead. Good. What was that like? Um, so, well, a lot of times it's not like I've seen this person and then I fight them. It's I have seen this person because I fight them. Okay. Um, so, and you know, this is, there's two sides. So there's your black belt and there's your under black belt. And I've obviously spent the majority of my competing in under black belt. So, um, we're not seen. So you, you have like one or two girls that, yeah, you, you, either you watch them fight in, in your same division at the previous tournament, or you have fought them and then you kind of realize that they're good, but it like, there's one girl that I competed with for the longest and it was probably only two years because people are just interchanging belt belt ranks. I mean, 
you know, it took me seven years, but people fly through the ranks. So whenever, um, whenever you hit black belt, what does the competition look like from then? Um, so you can win money. So within black belt, you have your single A and triple and double A. And, um, one of them is just, you just compete for fun. And the other one is for rankings. So NASCA, even in underbelt awards rankings, which is what I told you I had one national champion that was within their rankings. So you go to a tournament, you win a place, you earn a certain amount of points. So then comes the end of the season and you get awards, but it really what the, where it changes is the individual tournaments will advertise prize money for certain divisions. So like fighting has a decent amount of prize money. Um, so does, so there's fighting in Kata, which is like dance routine, but for karate. Okay. Um, so that's, that's where it changes. Also, you, if you win your division, you can compete against other people of your age. And then they have a, like, um, they call it a night of champions for each tournament where, um, your black belt grand champion winners will go onto stage and compete. So that's where you get seen and that's where teams become big. So, you know, surprisingly, Paul Mitchell, the hair brand. Yeah. Right. They have the largest, most prestigious martial arts team on the planet. Paul Mitchell? Paul Mitchell Hare. He is a black belt. <laughs> He's still alive. Okay, I didn't know any of this. Yeah, so he has, I would almost say, monopolized um, the martial arts circuit in a way. He's Well, he basic- made a lot of money on um, through his like hair products. Yeah, and yeah. And um, it just happened to be that he did martial arts for a long time. But he's basically got everybody that I grew up seeing. It was more divided, um, more teams, uh, more competition. He's kind of gotten all of the good ones. But, you know, you see a fighter with Paul Mitchell on their back, and that's where the fear factor comes in. It's like, okay, I know this person has this sponsorship, so that means that they're this serious about competition. And they probably train x amount of hours because i know this girl on paul mitchell who trains 40 hours a week or something crazy like that so that's kind of where the black belt is kind of like you are seen and heard and people will have watched you know once you get to a black belt you compete black belt for the rest of your time you're in the same same divisions it goes 18 to 29 year olds so you might be competing with the same people for eight year or yeah you know 11 years and these people are constantly practicing and constantly like bettering their game yeah because they're know. like yodaing themselves yeah like they're just like they're constantly getting better and better yeah. and better and better, and better so let's talk about um let's see so yeah so and um you so you represented the u.s uh in the tefisa world martial arts games mm-hmm. um so what what is that selection process like like for them to be how does someone choose you? Does someone actually go and like vet? Yeah, so we had like, it. Fighters? We had a um, tryout. Okay. Yeah. Um, so that Tafisa, um, I can't remember what it stands for, but it's like um, the Association for International Sports for All. That's what it okay. is. Okay. Um, that is sanctioned by the Olympics. Um, but there are 
I would say, even more prestigious U.S. teams, quote. Um, there's like a kickboxing federation that has a U.S. team. So this one is sanctioned by the Olympics. So I would consider it to be the most official um, U.S. team. And the way we actually got a part of it is um, my dad met a guy in a NASCAR tournament. Um, his name was Drew Dick Bisbee, and he had been on the United States team since 2009. So he met the, he met him. Um, then he came to our school, had a tryout. Basically, everyone from our school made it. Um, oh, wow. Yeah. So your dad's really killing it. He knows what oh, he's doing. I would have to say that my, my school, without bias, you yeah. know, which people may or may not believe, is probably in the top... 10% of schools skill wise. I mean, our blue belts in some schools would be black belts and that is no joke. Huh. So what, what is the ranking? It's white belt, right? So we have a, a I just more remember simplified, that from when I was a kid. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It always starts with white belt. So yeah. you're exactly right. We have a little bit more of a simplified, um, a lot of what happens is schools turn into, to belt sellers. They sell belts and that's how they make their money. So the more belts you have, the more money you make. Yeah. Um, we have six. So it's um, white, yellow, blue, green, brown, black. Okay. And then once you get to black belt, that is basically you've, it's been established that you've have like kind of mastered yeah. all this stuff. And you so have degrees after you're that. You're a Jedi man. You go from pad one to master, yes. right? And then so after, once you get a black belt, do you begin teaching or is it just kind of like fighting or like, what is that? It kind of, what I found when I got my black belt is, I have dedicated a lot to my school, so I'm shifting it to more my individual journey now. So it just depends on the person. If they feel called to teach, they should teach. Every black belt should teach. That's there's a lot of a lot of people surprisingly would not agree or not necessarily agree, but not think it's necessary. In my personal opinion, every black belt should teach. So that might be something that you seek out. I started teaching when I was a yellow belt, but that's because my dad owned the school, so I was teaching five year olds. Yeah. Um I've been seriously teaching since I was 14. That's when I started getting paid for teaching. Um, some people like myself might have been teaching and they might be like, I want to step away from the students and focus on my own sport. Okay. So it just, it depends. So, um, so what does this look like now? Like in your, in your kind of everyday life, like I can kind of imagine that when you kind of go places, you're just kind of like, I don't know, because it's like, I see, so this is what I have in my head. Let me paint this very ugly picture for you, right? Like, I picture, like, in a male sense, right? Like, I picture, like, these guys at a bar, you know, the guys that are at a bar that are drunk, that are like, oh, fuck you, and all yeah. this stuff, you know? So it's like, me having been a black belt or something like that, what would be my, like, response to that? You know, like, if, if someone like, tried to antagonize you? If someone was, like, antagonizing me or, like, actively, like, kind of coming after me, like, what do I do in that situation? Um, well... It depends on how you were raised in it. Like, we are drilled from a young age. You, if my dad told us, if you ever start a fight, you're getting kicked out and you're never coming back. And you also will have to fight me and I will beat your ass, basically, is yeah. what he told us from kids. Um, so, like, if, for instance, you know, my best friend from karate, that happened to him, he would just wait until they swung on him. And then if, if you swing on me, then yeah, I'm going to defend myself and I'm going to do it in whatever way I feel is necessary. Yeah. Um, some people, depending on, you know, what their ego is like, which I guess that's across the board, yeah. it, what might use someone's words as an excuse to initiate that 
brawl. Mm-hmm. Um, so it just kind of. So is it kind of like someone's like unsuspecting? Like, because this is what I what I would like like to see. I would like to see like the really drunk guy at the bar being a douchebag, like antagonizing someone who then beats the shit out of them. Yeah, it yeah. happens all the time. Yeah. Um, and a lot of people practice martial arts, so I don't my elders quote would would not tell me a lot of stories like that you yeah know? but i know of a couple of hearsay tales of you know you know my dad's friends getting into situations exactly like that in uh, of other towns of course because a lot of people know if you do karate in your t- own town yeah um yeah where you know sometimes i find that people that that do martial arts almost inflame people or agitate them without doing anything i guess it's it Maybe comes it's from the confidence yeah where they're what you know something is escalating and because they could beat your ass they're gonna look very calm and collected to the to the external so that might agitate someone and that happens a lot and then yeah i've heard stories of of them making someone mad because they're not getting mad and then they swing and they just Put them... Lay them the yeah. fuck out. I mean, you know, like, my dad would not want to pummel someone. Honestly, in a perfect world, everyone would know how to do a... Per- you know, choke someone out and to where I don't have to hurt myself, my hands, and my feet, mm-hmm. or you. But I can just basically embarrass you to the point where you're not going to try to step up to me again. Yeah. In a perfect world, that's how everything would go. It, it almost seems kind of like very like almost animalistic. You know what I mean? Like very like, but not animalistic in a sense of like. How do I explain that? Not animalistic in a sense of like we're like beasts or something, but like very like natural and primal. Like yeah, it's based off of your your nonverbal body language. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's almost like pheromones, you know, Yeah. in a way, you know, we send off these, these little codes just based off of our biology. Yeah. And other people like we pick up on it. And who's to say a male who has practiced martial arts for 20 years doesn't might have different hormones than a man who's never done it. Huh. Might have different modes. So of it's like, I don't know what it is, aggression. but something about this guy is making me like, agitated or yeah. something or intimidated yeah and i think when people feel intimidated they like act out or a lot of people yeah they it's like especially men it's pride yeah it's just pride pride and ego yeah that's what it is um so i want to ask you a real quick question what do you think about as you i don't know if you could tell but i like really enjoyed ronda rousey a lot mm-hmm. um so what do you kind of think about because i've heard a lot of opinions about her going into like the wwe mm-hmm. and i've heard a lot of people that are like Basically two ways. So like, I kind of feel like I'm like, if she went, if she doesn't want to fight anymore, whatever, yeah. like let her do whatever she's doing, get that coin. You know what I'm saying? Um, but I've heard a lot of people that are like, oh, it's a disgrace to her like career. And like, you know, so kind of what is like your individual opinion on it? If you have one, I don't even oh, know. Oh yeah. I definitely have an opinion on it. And I don't even really know much about the lady, but to make it in martial arts is very difficult. Mm-hmm. Um, you go into performance like movies or you fight. And fighting is so hard on your body. I mean, wrecks you. And I, at 20, feel the effects. So the fact that she has established respect with that, which that might be up to some people's discrepancy. They they might think after what happened to her, oh, she doesn't deserve that respect. She has 
garnered respect with her skills and now she has found a way where she can take that pressure off of her body and make the people in WWE make so much money. Yeah. I I don't know the logistics, but it might be close to the same as UFC fighters. If you're someone like John Cena. Yeah. You know? Um, so, yeah, I respect her for it, you know? Fighting for ten, 20 years, you get, it ruins your brain. I mean, there's people that I know who have just gotten hit in the head so much, they're not even themselves. So for someone to be like, this is a disgrace, you go get kicked in the head 200 times yeah. and then try to have a conversation with someone and come back to us. Like, yeah. So yeah, I, I would definitely agree with you on that, that she's just found a way to make to have a comfortable life. Yeah. You know, after getting her ass kicked and kicking people's ass for however long. Yeah. No, yeah. It's very, like, it's, yeah, it's mentally taxing. It's, like, it's extremely physically taxing. I mean, you're literally just fighting, like, all the time. Yeah, I mean, basically bare-knuckled. I mean, the padding helps a lot, but it's, yeah, it's a lot. So, um, last question. I have to ask you this. Have you been in any street fights? I have not. And I think that was because I came from a small town. So yeah. I don't think anybody would ever want to get in a street fight with me. I wouldn't. But it makes me question it sometimes. Like, what would I do in a street fight? What What do you think you would do? Well, I don't you don't know because you haven't been in it. I think that, like, in point fighting, I like to kick a lot. But I think that, that the second I got into a street fight, my feet would stay probably on the ground. And I would hunker down almost and, and, and mimic more of, like, a boxing type. Mm-hmm. Um, and then the bitch that's trying you would be like, oh, shit. Yeah. Yeah. Well, because you can instantly tell. Well, that's the thing. As a girl, if you're trying to get into a fight with me, you will probably know what, you know, you get that sort of like foreboding feeling that's like, okay, this is not going the way that I thought it was going to go. Like, she's not like going for the hair right now. And now I'm scared. Like, she's trying to punch me. She's not trying to cat fight me right now. Yeah. Wow. Um, So, what, let's, do you want to, um, do you want to plug your dad's studio? Yeah, so um, it's it's in St. Simons. It's it's on St. Simons Island, Georgia. Okay. Um, it's about five and a half hours south of here. So, um, but yeah, we do kids programming. We do jujitsu, which is phenomenal. Um, grappling. So you've probably seen in the UFC. Honestly, if I were up to me, I've totally have done jujitsu instead. It's a wonderful sport. Wonderful people. Um, yeah, we also are open. We have drop-in classes, but also if any martial artists end up listening to this and they're making their way down to Florida or they they happen to pass by the area, it's right on the very southeast corner of Georgia. What's the name of it? Um, the Brick. It's called okay. The Brick. Um, you know, come in there. We're always welcome to anyone of any discipline, any, you know, amount of experience, um, come try a class, you know, we love having different opinions and, and perspectives in the school. So we're open to anyone. Is this Always. something that you would want to like potentially pursue? Like, well, actually I've taught in Atlanta. Yeah. As my, I taught for only about four months, but I know that I, it's always there for me Yeah. and teaching alone has been a very valuable skill. Um, I think it's probably one of, it is probably the most valuable skill that I've Are there any videos of you like on YouTube or anything? Um, if, so if you search Joey Harrison, which is my dad's name, he's the owner of the school. There might be a couple of videos of me from my younger years. 
So I'd like to see them. Yeah, I, I could definitely send them to you. Um, probably me when I was like anywhere from like 10 to 14 is probably the I mean, I'd be down. I want to see, yeah. yeah, to see you fight. I mean, that would be, it's really, that's, that's really cool. I mean, it's really exciting and it's like, to be honest, it's badass. I appreciate it. Like it's really badass. Um, but yeah, so um, thank you for coming on and talking about it. I So I've been wondering forever. I've been like, I want to know about this whole world because, but I don't want to Google it. Like I want to hear it from somebody. Yeah. And there's so much more, mm -hmm. but just really, I highly encourage you or anyone look for a karate tournament in the area. You'd be surprised. It's like, it's not like karate kid, but it is also kind of like karate kid. Yeah. You know, wax pay the on, 20. Yeah, yeah. You'd be surprised. You know, there's, there's, there's people doing flips and tricks. There's weapons there. I mean, it is, it is a very broad sport. So Pay that $25 for your local tournament. Get that spectator, spectator ban and go in there and see what it's about. It's a great time. And and people yeah. have a great time. That's when they're in their element. They're friends. They're brothers. We're all brothers and sisters. So it's, huh. I would highly recommend it. Yeah. I, I'm really, I really want to look into that. Yeah. That's really cool. Like I would like to, and it's just, you get to watch fight after fight. Yeah. I, it's a big open room. You got anywhere from the little four-year-old baby girls with their white belts that are so cute mm -hmm. going, you know, slinging their arms around. <laughs> it's so cute. To your 40-year-old, you know, grant, you know, seventh-degree black belt in the same room. So it's really just a, an amazing opportunity. And you get to walk freely around the tournament, see what you want to see. So Yeah. That's awesome. I'll link that and stuff into the bio yeah. and I'll link your like Instagram and all that stuff in the bio too. Cool. Thank you, Kylie, for yeah, talking with me. Of this has been really cool. Um, and yeah, I'll link all that stuff. Maybe I mean, your dad has a website, right? Mm -hmm. Yeah. So I'll link the website and stuff and see if anyone like wants to click on it and check it out. I'm, I'm just, I'm like, I'm kind of interested. I would want to like take a class or something, maybe not drive to Savannah or yeah. St. Simons. I'm yeah. sorry. But, um, yeah, just to kind of go in and be like, Hey, I don't know any of this. Like, you know, and that's like what's I think really like we have to get out of our ego thing, you know, where it's like, oh, I'm, I don't know about it. I'm not going to go in there and embarrass myself. You know, it's like I wouldn't have a problem going in there and be like, hey, I don't know anything about this. Like, I was there. What's the... that's what I tell everybody. Yeah, that like, was me on the first day. Yeah. You know, and I, like, I would have never regretted. What's the tea? <laughs> <laughs> anyway, thank you, Kylie, again for coming on. It's good to talk to you. and It's good to see you. Yeah, good to see you too. Thanks All for right. having me.